0: Bibles to uh, Proverbs chapter eleven. Proverbs eleven. We're going to start there, and then we're going to go to Matthew and and uh, it's an amazing time of year. We get uh, man, we get to give and we get to give. And my daughter, uh, my middle daughter, Laurel Ann. A lot of y'all don't know her. Um, even when she was living with us, people didn't know her. She stays real quiet and kind of behind the scenes. And and hey. To see you all got the new baby man all right um yeah <laughs> laurel's kind of always hidden things and she likes it that way pretty much but she she's just buying all sorts of stuff for us for christmas i kind of like that she loves to give she's she's really awesome about that and it's that time of year where we all give and i'm giving out stuff too um i i find out i give out a whole lot more than i i thought i would because we go someplace, and, oh, that's so nice. Okay, you can have it. Oh, your mother would love that. Oh, if your mother would love that. I'll get that. You know, I hate to go shopping with my daughter, Laurel, because I end up spending more money than I can ever think of. Um, now, Laurel is really a tightwad. She's like her mother. Um, when they buy something, the first words out of her mouth is, this was this was originally $90, but I got it for 9 I didn't care what it looks like it's just the deal so uh we are at a time though where we give a lot of stuff and, and uh years ago i was uh listening to a message and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be since we put our uh messages on the uh internet and so people can listen to them i want to be honest and give credit where credit's due uh, i was listening to a man named chip ingram some of you may have heard him on the radio and i get a lot of his stuff and i read through it and and he he had a series about generosity, and I copied some of that. So I'm just going to give Chip Ingram the credit for for right now because um, I don't know. Some preachers say if there was, uh, I'll preach better sermons when they're written by somebody else. So, uh, but he, I got to tell you, he spurred my thinking. So we are going to talk about the the genius of generosity. When I was a kid, my family. My grandmother had bought, bought a lake house in Lake Placid. Y'all know where Lake Placid is? When we had the lake house there, or at that time, there was no stoplights in Lake Placid. There, we were only about, there was only about six or eight houses on the lake when my grandmother bought this house. On the other side, it was on, it's on Little Lake Henry, and there's a canal that runs into Lake June. If you're familiar with that area, you know what I'm talking about. Most of you are probably lost. But um, down the road, there's a little store. Well, it used to be a store and uh, a beer joint. Now I think it's just mostly a beer joint uh, called Jackson's. Um, but across the road on Lake June, there was a family. And my grandmother bought a boat and a boathouse from them. It was kind of interesting to watch all these guys, my dad and uncles and all, pick up this boathouse and, and walk it across the road and down through the canal and over to our house. But the people she bought that from there was a young young man there he was probably a teenager at that time and i was probably about five four or five years old his name was junior and i didn't know it at the time but junior special needs but junior made model airplanes and he did the greatest model airplanes As a little kid i was super impressed with the way he made model airplanes in fact i remember he had a b-17 And he showed it to me. And he opened up, he he did something, and the bomb bay doors opened up. And here's what it was. Junior was a genius. That's what I used to tell my grandmother. And she'd laugh because I probably didn't say it too well. I kind of had a little bit of a speech issue at that time. But Junior was a genius. He was smarter than anybody that I I had ever seen. Because I'd never seen anybody be able to put together model airplanes like that. Later on, as I grew up, I tried to put together model airplanes. I really believe he's a genius because I never could do it well. Zachary and I tried to put one project together, my son. It was SR-71, and it never did make it. I'm going to buy them all made now. But what I want to talk about, Proverbs 11.25 says this. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Genius means that we're smart. And and what God's starting to tell, and what he's going to reveal to us, that if we really want to be smart, if we want to really be the the smartest person in the room, if we want to be wiser above everyone else, then we're going to become generous. A generous person is the smartest person around. Generosity means, I love how this one comes out. It's a root word, uh, generous, of noble birth. Excellent, generous, having qualities associated with those of noble birth. Noble, high-minded, gracious, magnanimous, willing to give or share unselfish. If we will become a generous people, we will be counted as the smartest people in the room. It is genius. And you know who the smartest one who instituted all this is? The creator of the world. Our holy, our, the holy God. He has given all. Um, First uh, Timothy 6.18. They that do good, they that be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Telling us that we should be ready to give. Uh, one of my favorite missionary stories ever is about the, uh, the men, the martyrs who lost their life down in uh, Ecuador. And one of those martyrs, his name was Jim Elliot. He said this, and this is a very famous quote. It says this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You see, genius, (laughs) generosity is ingenious because it works. It just, it works. You know, generosity is the ultimate win-win proposition. Great things happen to those who give. They feel blessed. Don't you just love to give something away? Don't you? Oh, man, doesn't it just? I'm, I can't wait for Christmas. I don't care what my kids, i I'm, they're, you know, they're okay. I got a grandson. First time I have ever get to spend, I have a grandson at Christmas that can actually communicate with me. And he's scared of me a little bit. But I've got the coolest present for him. He's going to love it. Last year I got him an airplane and he, you know, he was, He wasn't even a year old so he's just kind of like okay he's starting to figure out the airplane but he doesn't know papa gave him the airplane this year he's going to know i got him this little trampoline and he's going to be able to jump up and down on the trampoline it's got a little handle so he doesn't fall and bust himself up too bad but he's going to love that and i can't wait to give that to him and i can't wait to give cindy her presents she goes you already gave me my present ah ha ha how cool is it to give something? Remember that feeling, that warm feeling you get? It's a win proposition. You win when you give. On the eighteenth, we'll be putting all these packages that we're taking to the schools will be ready. And we're gonna walk in and at, at Neil Armstrong Elementary and we're gonna carry in ten baskets. We'll be it'll probably we'll all have back problems by doing this, but we're gonna take these in. And those kids that get these, the families that get these, are going to be overwhelmed. And I'm going to feel really good because we gave those things away. You should feel really good because you gave those things away. Same thing at Port Charlotte Middle School. You see, it's a win proposition. But here's the other part: it's a not only is it just a win; it's a win-win proposition. I like getting gifts too. Don't you? My kids are going to give me something. They're probably really frustrated. My wife keeps going, you got to tell them what you want. you got to tell them what you want. I don't need anything. don't really want anything. I, I lost a pocket knife, but I found it, or you found it. it was in, I left it in a pants pocket. So I really don't have anything I want. I'm trying to figure out what do I tell them, because they, they got to do something. I let them be creative and figure it out. But it's cool to get something. I like getting things. Don't you? So when we're generous and we give, it's a win-win proposition. It just works. It makes sense. And God knows that too. Well, he's the ultimate giver. By the way, it's a wonderful way to show love. And scripture supports this. Proverbs eleven twenty-five. We read this. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. When we look at life from God's point of view, that's wisdom. And Proverbs is all about giving us wisdom. As we look, from, look down or look at this world and we try to look at it from, from God's point of view, we will observe that, that, that generosity is just ingenious. Think about this. Who are the most miserable people you know? Misers. I mean we, here we are, we're in Christmas time. Um, I'm sure from between now and Christmas, at least four or five, six, maybe ten, twelve times you uh, uh, a Christmas carol's gonna be on. One sort of I mean, there's all so many remakes of it. I like the one with Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and, and well, when I was a kid it was Mr. Magoo. That one was a good one. I can you know, they condense that down about where I can handle it. I tried reading Christmas Carol. Whew, Dickens really was tough to read. But what was the deal? Scrooge, we even call it that now, Scrooge was a miser, and he was miserable. And his, his partner, Jacob Marley, was a, a miser, and he suffered in torment as a ghost wandering around with chains because of that. Look at Scrooge McDuck. Do you ever see him happy? The only time he's happy is when he's jumping around in his money. You think about those people who aren't generous. It's all about getting. It's all about getting. They're miserable. They're miserable. We see that all the time. In fact, we preached a little bit about that. I wonder if you could uh, think after your death how uh, how much regret they would have for holding on to everything so tight? Don't you know? You could take. They couldn't take it with them. I knew a guy in uh, Orlando. I, I kept trying to witness to him. A, a guy in our church tried to um, get. Uh, he was really concerned for him. His longtime friend. This guy had stuff everywhere. He was a mess, and he just died a mess with all this stuff that just went. Nowhere. In fact, he had nobody to give it to or he didn't want to give it to anybody. So the state got everything, cleaned everything out. It was just, it, he was miserable. He was miserable. And, and we see that all the time. But if you watch the pa- the happiest people, they're the ones who give. And the happiest people, those who give, also get. My grandmother that had the lake house, she was an amazing woman. She Probably the hero of my life is my, is Gramps. Um, my family, my grandmother did not come from a wealthy uh, family. Um, now, my great-grandfather owned a lot of land out um, and, uh, out by Fish Branch, a lot of cattle and stuff. Um, my cousin still owns part of that property. Uh, my great-grandfather bought, I don't know, probably a 1,000 acres. My, <laughs> back in the days that he bought it, it was cheap out there. In fact, my cousin, who has a tree farm out there, one of, the, one of the palm trees he sells, some special sort of, would have bought all of the property in those days. But my grandmother work, grew up working hard, and when she got married to my grandfather, I have a picture in my office of the house that they lived in. Um, Hurricane Charlie finally took it out. It was in the cow pasture. I, I got a brick at my house from uh, the house my dad grew up in, and the outhouse that was behind it. And the, the, it they grew up working hard. And my grandmother would move, remove palmetto bushes. And you know how hard it is to dig up palmetto roots and stuff? That's what my grandmother did. And she worked hard and she saved hard. And, and she got a, an opportunity. She went to, to uh, Sarasota and, and, and had raised up enough money. She bought a nursing home and she kept taking care of people and kept taking care of people. And man, if anybody ever needed anything, my grandmother was right there. She was always happy to give and to serve. But the cool thing about it is it came back to her. She was given a house. She was given other things. She was taken care of, and and, and she also was able to take care of her children and grandchildren. She was just such a blessing, and it all became because she was generous. Think about the people you know in your life. Think about the ones who are most generous. Don't they seem to be the most happy You see, it's a it's a win-win proposition. It works. It's genius to be generous. Really, our experience confirms it. It's as you can tell, I have story after story. (coughs) Then the Christmas spirit. Think about it. The Christmas spirit exemplifies the generous generosity is genius it's it's the the best way to go everybody right now is generous you're going to get cards in the mail uh, not from us we decided a long time time ago we didn't have money to buy cards and send them out and then as as time went on and went on we got to the point where there were so many people we should send cards and we'd probably forget so we just said I'll go send cards I feel bad about that but we do love you we send cards we give presents we do all sorts of things Uh, you know 11 months out of the year people act like jerks and then one month a year they act real nice yeah I know where where Cynthia works they're going to be bringing her stuff and cookies and nice and they're going to do you know they're going to do nice things for the people that work there and then in January they're going to start yelling at them again isn't that the way it goes? But the Christmas spirit, something about this time of year. We're celebrating the birth of Christ, the Savior, the greatest gift ever given. And we get into spirit and we start giving. We start being generous. Becoming a generous person is the smartest way to increase the quality of your life. You get that? Being generous is the smartest way to increase the quality of life. You know what, if you're not really happy with the quality of your life, start being generous. Isn't that what happened to Scrooge? After his horrible night, he started being generous, and look how his life changed. Generosity is genius because it protects us. It protects us. Spiritually, Generosity protects us from short-sighted, bad investments of our time, our treasure, and our talent. Every day we invest time. Every day we invest our talent. Every day we invest our treasure. And if we are generous, we will have a great dividend. Turn to Matthew, if you will. Matthew uh, chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, part of the uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um, I think we're going to be going in-depth on that after the first of the year. Do some things here. But uh, man, Christ is teaching and he's giving things out. Matthew 6, starting verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart also be also. The light of the body is in the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in the, the darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's interesting here. Let's kind of break some of this down. The very first thing is you have a negative command here. Lay not up for yourselves treasure, That means stop doing that. Stop trying to put all this stuff away uh, on earth. Why? Because moss and rust rust doth corrupt. Thieves break in and steal it. Two things happened to me this week that that, that illustrate some of this. My generous daughter Laurel gave Cinzia her car. She got another car. Not a new car, but another car. And uh, since you always wanted what Laurel had, and but it needed tires. So I went to um, Sam's early, you know, before everybody gets there because we have that business membership and I don't have to fight the crowds. Get it in there, pay for the tires, they're getting ready to do the work, and it has one of those locking lug nuts. And my son-in-law has lost the locking lug nut. Thought we might be able to get a hold of him, but no, he was on an airplane, he's flying into the Bahamas, and we couldn't get a hold of him. Thought it might be up at his his grandparents' house, but no, wasn't there. Called his grandmother, and yeah, he was looking for that the other day. Yeah, he really could have told me that, it was, that he had lost that, because he knew I was going to get tires. So we start this process. I wasn't thinking real clear to start with. I'll call the Mazda dealership. You know, there's no Mazda dealership in, in this area anymore. It, there used to be one in Punta They, when Palm left, it, it's gone. Okay, this thing's also Ford makes the same thing. It's so uh, let me go see if Ford has one. No, nope. I finally went to Glenn and he told me where to go to get it. Broke off and we just replaced it. But you know why it has locking lug nuts to keep people from stealing the wheels. We figure now the vehicle's ten years old, so no, who's nobody? Nobody wants to steal a ten-year-old rim. And then last night, as soon as he comes in with a. She was looking for something warm to wear, and I have this old jacket thing. I think it was a part of a a warm-up suit or something from, you know, I think I got that thing when we lived in Arkansas. Okay. No, you didn't live where we did in Arkansas. There's no glory there. But she comes in, she goes, we got moths, there's all these little holes. I don't know if we have moths or I just tore it up. I'm pretty bad on shirts and things. But here's the deal. That shirt, jacket, you know, I don't wear it very often, but it's gone away, and I have to have locks to keep the wheels on from people stealing them. Don't you ever get tired of trying to protect your stuff? Man, we have to have we're going to have to install, well, we have have alarms in this building, and we have found out that to get better coverage on our insurance, we need to activate those alarms, and that's going to mess up a lot of people because a lot of people have keys here. And we activate that alarm, it's going to. It, I think I'll just wait and see how many people get caught. You know, people are always breaking in and stealing things. And, and, and as he goes on here, he talks to us, and he 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 says, "But lay up for your treasure for yourselves treasures in heaven." where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. There's the positive command. Stop messing around with the stuff here. Do something that's going to count for eternity. He goes on, he, he gets a little bit of explaining here. And, and he talks about the eyes. We have two eyes. And the eyes can look upon the things of the world, or the eyes can look upon the things of God. And if we have a single eye that's just totally focused on the world, we're going to miss out on the values of this world. We will miss out. But if our eye is on the things of God, it it says that, that, that we will be full of light. That's the liberal person. That's the generous person, the one who's full of light. But in verse 23 it says, But if an eye be evil, or that selfish person, The whole body shall be full of darkness. You see, becoming a generous person is the smartest way to prepare for your eternal future. Think about this for just a moment. Yeah, making sure I'm in good timing here. Creator of the universe, the God of the universe, gave us his son. Son wasn't born into great glory into Herod's palace or any of that stuff he was born in a cave in a little town north of Jerusalem he didn't come in with the pomp of men and he grew up he lived in a, an insignificant part of Israel he impacted the world he gave all us. The generosity was incredible. He took care of our sin. Now, that's really what this is all about. Way back at the beginning when Adam kind of got messed up. No, he got a lot messed up. He chose to disobey God. One rule. You think you could keep one rule? I think I could handle one rule. Adam couldn't. He messed up, he he disobeyed God, and because of that, every one of us has been (coughs) tainted with sin. My son told me this last week that my grandson is a sinner. He has learned to say no. He doesn't speak too well yet, but he's learned to say no. He thinks it's funny. His daddy doesn't think it's funny. His daddy's working on that problem real quick. But look, we have a sin problem. And the generosity of God to give of himself all that he has, all he has, the most precious thing, to redeem us from our sin. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all the sins I've ever committed and every will that's the same for you and that's the same for everyone who's ever existed. Christ paid the price for it all. What an incredible gift. What incredible generosity. He was buried and he rose again. And the smartest thing is to receive that gift. You see, Jesus invested in an eternal future. And when we are generous, it's the smartest way to prepare for our eternal future. Okay, how are we going to prepare? What are some of the things that we can do? Well, we must, we must, we must. We must put our heart, we must put God first where my heart always goes so does everything else. If we put Jesus first in our hearts everything else will line up. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else falls in together. If we put Jesus first in our hearts our gener- we will become like him. We We'll make investments. We will be generous on His behalf. You see, we started a couple weeks ago talking about money in our lives, and we understood, and one of the first principles I tried to give you is it's all God's to start with. So we can invest God's money into God's things. We can invest God's time that He has given us into God's things we can investigate and invest the talents that god has given us into god's things we can be generous with our money our time our talent and when our heart has jesus first everything else will follow see it is God's money time and talent so here's the question for us this morning to whom or what do I want my heart connected to see we have a a, there's a lot of competition to try to get our hearts Satan knows how to get our hearts this world knows how to get our hearts I mean just watch the commercials they're geared to get you going and get you warning and having you gotta get this. Does the world have your heart? Does Satan have your heart? Or does Jesus have your heart? I know that Jesus has your hearts. I look at the pile of stuff back there to give to these kids. I look at the, the offerings of how you invest and allow us to go into the public schools every week. We go into public schools and boys and girls hear the gospel. They get taught about Jesus. And we are able to do that because of your generosity. We can use some help in some areas too. Maybe you can be more generous with your time. Maybe you have some talents. We need your talents. If you see, when Jesus is first in our life, all we have belongs to Him. And we can be geniuses because of the generosity that comes out of putting Jesus first. Here this morning, who's first in your life? What's first in your life? Second question, maybe more important, if Jesus isn't first in your life, maybe you don't know him. And if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, we're going to have a time of invitation. We're old-fashioned in that. And we're going to have a time of invitation. I want you to be able to come, and we'll open God's word up, and we will, we will go verse by verse and we will show you how you can know for sure that He is your Savior. We don't want anyone confused about that. So, if you're here this morning and don't know Christ. Allow us to show you, allow us to, to, to show you how you can have eternity as your home, heaven as your eternal home. What a great Christmas gift that would be! There's other needs. I know that. Whatever they may be this morning, it's God dealing in your heart. Just follow whatever it is that He's calling you to do. Be obedient and be generous. Let's stand. We're going to pray and then we'll open the time. Father, uh, first of all, thank you so much for your generosity for what you've given us, the incredible gift of Jesus Christ to take away our sin, Lord. Wow. Not only that, Lord, you, you, you continue to give to us and give us opportunities to, to make a difference in people's lives. That You'll take a, a broken and, and, and damaged vessel and, Lord, that you'll bring that vessel alive and use it for your glory. For that. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us, every one of us, talents, abilities, that we can use to glorify you. I pray, Lord, that we will look to you, look to the Lord Jesus, to put him first in our heart. With a single eye, we will look at him and see the light, have his light flow through us and, and show others. Thank you. We praise you. We give you all glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God's laid something on your heart. Take care of that now.